fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Final try Hey everybody and welcome to episode number 54 of the third season of the Fantasy Fullback Dive brought to you by the good people at the Road Street Journal. We're paving your way, we're your lead blocker to fantasy glory, fantasy excellence, and sooner and sooner fantasy championships as we are officially about to jump into the final regular season week for all but like, you know, maybe a couple weird leagues. It's pretty standard. We got 13 regular season weeks, two or three weeks of playoffs. That's that. We're going into week 13. You're either in, you're out, or your season literally hangs in the balance this week. So, big deal. Uh, if you're still invested at all, uh, you must be if you're listening to this podcast. This is one you don't want to mm. miss. I, of course, am your host, Nat The Truth Jones. With me, as always, the Wolf of Roto Street himself. Wolf, how you doing? Uh, it, as you mentioned, everything you just said got me fired the fuck know, up. Right? It's pretty much playoffs already for many of us. It's winner go home for a lot. It's first round buys on the line. It's the final two minute drive, the two minute offense. Are you going to pound your way down the field and get the win? Are you going to even be, even if you're in last place, it's garbage time for you. Get that win, knock your shitty ass opponents out, ruin their season, at least have some fucking pride. Let's go. I can't wait. I'm so excited. It's the, the fantasy playoffs. There's nothing better in this world world than those and we got some crucial news to break down a lot of potential injuries that are going to be in yeah. and out uh, a loaded stock watch absolutely loaded a great higher lower hail mary i love the hail marys we got lined up and one of the biggest mailbags i think we've had all season so people are just continue to find us week in and week out it's week 13 and the numbers just continue to grow which usually is the opposite effect so i'm stoked about everything that's going on and couldn't be more excited for the fancy playoffs especially to help you guys all the wolf pack go on out here yeah, we can get that title, like you said. Let's pave that path, baby. And it's worth noting. I said last week that I was going to be one and three, except I was going to win the league that I cared the most about, uh, unless Lamar Miller went crazy on mm. Monday night, and he did. And uh, so Keegs spread his cheeks, and uh, <laughs> after starting uh, ten and zero, he's now looking down the barrel at ten and two. So uh, you know, and I also believe I'm I'm going to have the tiebreaker, even if I lose to the Wolf himself, who is my final game of the season. Why do you think I'm so fired up, my man? We got a, we got two battles this year. I'm stoked about it. Are you going to make the playoffs if you lose? I think you're like 7-5, uh, and five, right? I think even if I lose, I'm still in. Uh, but I want to go in with all the momentum of smacking around that top dog loser at the top of the standings. I want to send a message before going into the playoffs to everybody else out there before I take this league down. And, and I'm coming for your ass this week. I like right. my matchups. I'm gunning for you. I'm the same in my hometown league. I'm playing the guy that's 11 and one right now, and I probably will make the playoffs even if I lose. But I want the momentum. I want it. I oh, want. Yeah. I want the number one guy's head on a platter going into the playoffs. Rally those troops, baby. All right, we're gonna get right into it. We got a big stock watch, like the wolf alluded to. Huge trainer room, and this is you know probably more important than ever. Not that it's not always super important, but these are big. We got some big names on it. AJ Green, Leonard Fournette. We got the Ravens running backs, which we alluded to a couple weeks ago. Have got a really favorable schedule, but all of a sudden everybody seems to be banged up. Speaking of banged up, the Colts, the Panthers, wide receivers are going to be an interesting talk. Mitch Trubisky, Carry On Johnson. Those are all significant names. Maybe uh, you know leading into week 13 we're going to start with aj green himself he of the perennially injured toes uh he participated in wednesday morning's walkthrough said he's quote-unquote back to play this week against the broncos are you buying it wolf is this a scarecrow situation right here I was going to say the first thing you got to be nervous about is decoy, scarecrow status, A.J. Green. Although at this point of the season, with Andy Dalton on the IR, with Green banged up and missing three straight weeks, would the team really just trot him out to be a decoy? The season's lost. They're not going to be making the playoffs at this point. Why throw him out there if there's any huge risk or just to have him just distract defenses? So I'm actually buying it. I think A.J. Green, if he's going to be out there, should be close to where he's going to be the A.J. Green that we all expect. 
expect. It's a tough matchup against the Broncos, even tougher when you got Jeff Driscoll, some creature, throwing you the rock. But ultimately, it's A.J. Green. You know, you have to have some really good options to be benching him. If we get notes that he's really significantly below 100 or things like that, then obviously I'll adjust in the rankings. But for now, I consider him an upside wide receiver, too. You know, if you're my decision before was Marquez Valdez Scantling's fucking awful ass or John Brown. Like I'm not going with any of those guys <clears throat> over AJ Green by any means. So you roll him out if you have him, even if it's Jeff Driscoll, even if it's a tough matchup for the Broncos, I'm still gonna play him because otherwise, why would he be out there? That's that's kind of how I view it. I don't know why he's out there. Period. I mean, the the Bengals are a disaster. I would almost be looking for an excuse to just not to play play the guy anymore. They're terrible. I mean, they're they. Them and the Cardinals, man, maybe like the two worst teams in the NFL right now. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. I would, I wouldn't even put the guy out on the field. Uh, Leonard Fournette. Speaking of a guy that's really screwing some people over here, my buddy Willie is actually in a play in game. He's six and six playing against another guy six and six. Obviously, he's got to win to have a shot at the playoffs. Leonard Fournette is his stud running back, and the guy is going to be Ugh. out for week thirteen. What a bitch! Uh, his appeal of his one game suspension denied. He's out for week thirteen. Uh, thoughts it's brutal i mean you got just finally got acclimated to getting your first round running back one workhorse averaging the fourth most touches in the league when he's active so he's been a beast he's been a true you know what you would expect but only for five games then he goes and if you didn't if you saw the play he was on like a knee with his helmet off on the other end of the sideline wasn't even in the game when this shit happened so he decided to sprint across the field to get involved in this fucking stupid scrum and now he's gonna cost himself a game he burned you with his hamstring now he's gonna burn you with this stupid this is even worse he's burning with a stupid fucking decision to do this shit never mind the fact i would never <laughs> i thought it was crazy by the way when they're in the tunnel like talking back forth back and forth those d lyman and fournette that would have been a battle for the age because i do think fournette could fucking throw fists absolutely he's a beast he scares the shit out of me and that other guy was a monster too but regardless it sucks for your buddy willie for anybody that owns this guy he's just giving you four little teasing games now he's gonna give you the blue balls when you need him the most that is awful and it sucks what's the aftermath for yet well tj yeldon he did get dropped in a lot of leagues so check if he's out there he probably already scooped up on this week's waiver wire if he was out there but i think he's going to be the better play out of him or carlos hyde considering they're likely to be in catch-up mode they're starting cody kessler i mean that's just not a recipe for offensive success but if he's going to do anything it's going to be dink 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 to tj yeldon while they catch up carlos hyde's now up to 50 percent owned, but also dropped all over the place has a shot at some tds but early, again it's cody early, early. I mean, it's like exactly. it when it's zero zero seven nothing maybe Hyde goes in but I don't see him doing anything in the second half no and it's even in the first half he's got Cody Kessler at quarterback so it's like are they really going to get in the red zone for him to pound one off maybe but he'd be a much riskier start in my opinion than TJ Yeldon he's definitely the preferred fantasy play you know how shitty you have to have played for them to be like you know what I think Cody Kessler gives us a better chance of winning than Blake Bortles, yeah, I know that that's, is that's fucking who I'm talking pathetic. about. That's who I'm talking about. <laughs> the, the London guy, unless they could just move to London, right, then except he even lost undefeated. in London this year. He lost in London this year. Oh man, he's the, the mystique's gone. He's yeah. stripped of all his powers. And you so know why? Ernst isn't even Hearns watching anymore to, when he's getting his. He moved up. to Dallas. <laughs> needed his boy, giving him an audience behind the potted plant. You know, maybe you should go. Bad. Maybe you should get traded to Dallas. Absolutely. All right, Ravens running backs, and we've talked about these guys just about every week for some reason or other. I mean, there's been something worthwhile talking about about them as a group, uh, you know, for probably a solid month here. As you know, they have a great schedule moving forward, but their guys have not stayed healthy. Of course, Alex Collins was was kind of the go-to guy. Then Gus the Bus came in and kind of took over and, and enchanted everybody with his fantasy acumen. Uh, but here's the deal. Collins remained sidelined at Wednesday's, Wednesday's practice. While even more surprisingly, the aforementioned Gus the Bus Edwards also did not practice due to an ankle injury. What do you think of that? It's definitely surprising. It, it, it seemed fine all game, never really got pulled in the win over Oakland, was dominating and steamrolling to his 111 yards. So this just kind of comes out of left field, which is never really great. Maybe it's just a maintenance day because he did have a heavy workload. He's got two straight work, uh, heavy workload type days. So maybe John Harbaugh is just kind of resting him, getting him primed up for another juicy, juicy matchup against Atlanta. So I, I imagine Gus Edwards will be out there. The fact that Collins is still sidelined makes me nervous for his prospect. Ideally, he does sit because that way you got Gus Edwards and just that clear feature role. 
But if somehow both of them sit out of nowhere, I mean, again, back-to-back 100-yard days for Gus Edwards, ready to – if they both sit, then Ty Montgomery might become the main guy. Uh, that makes you a little nervous. He's not really a featured back. We saw the Packers try to experiment with him in that role. But as a one game, just kind of throwing in for 20 touches, uh, he would be a beast against Atlanta. They give up so much receptions to running backs, and Montgomery only 9% owned. I think it's at least worth the speculative ad, especially if you got trash to cut in the case that Edwards and Collins both sit. Montgomery would shoot up into my top 25, maybe even top 20 running backs for the week. So I think that's a guy you got to consider uh, stashing right now with both these guys sidelined. All right, the Colts are banged up as well. Um, the guy I'm playing this week has T.Y. Hilton, so this actually makes me happy in a kind of sick way. T.Y. Hilton with a groin injury, Eric Ebron with a bag, Marlon Mack with concussions, all did not practice Wednesday. We pretty much know Mack is out, right? Um, what, what do you think about these three guys? These are all you know potential fantasy factors. Absolutely. Marlon Mack, the, the one that's probably, like you mentioned, just a lock to almost be out. He's still in concussion protocol. I think he's the one that's clearly at risk for actually missing the game, in which case Jordan Wilkins, Naeem Hines carry that load. I'd much rather look at Hines. We've seen him get it done, whereas Wilkins would be a, a desperation throw to see if he gets into the end zone. He's looked good in these last weeks, a few explosive runs, but I, I don't know if you can trust this guy in week 13. You'd be, you have to be in pretty rough shape to be looking at Jordan Wilkins in your lineup. And then you get to Hilton Ebron. My guess is it's just maintenance day for the clear-cut two top remaining targets in this offense. I think both of them will be out there. We've seen this before. Reich seems to kind of take it easy on his players early on in the week. I imagine by the end of the week we'll see both of these guys back at practice. And if they are, I think they're both must-starts. Jalen Ramsey, as we're going to cover in a little bit, is expected to sit this week. That defense is already trash anyways. They're not the Jaguars of old. They've, they're crumbling in a locker room and they just nobody's playing hard anymore for that team. So I think both of them would be you know very solid plays especially Ebron with Doyle out now uh, both great bets to score I imagine they both play and this becomes nothing but obviously something you need to track the rest of the week moving forward Mitchell Trubisky did not practice on Wednesday uh what's Nagy saying about this I mean, this is a big deal Chase Daniel are we about to see the Chase Daniel era I don't think so. I think he's got two full weeks. They were saying Trubisky probably could have played if the, if the Thanksgiving Day game was actually on Sunday and not Thursday night. Uh, so I think Trubisky will be out there. I imagine uh, that's the case. But at this point, he's not practicing. That has to make you a little bit nervous. If he's out there, he's become a very viable QB1. He's got like 28 or more and I think five of his last six or seven. So the guy has been balling out. He's a perfect fit for Nagy's system. Loves chucking it deep. Everybody in that offense benefits from his presence out there. So hopefully he is out there. We don't want to see another week of Chase Daniels. He did okay. He was serviceable. He moved the ball okay against the Lions. Uh, But against the Giants, it would be a great matchup for Trubisky. I think he'd be in most lineups in that, and I expect him back. So we'll see. Obviously, moderate. The fact that he didn't get any throws in does have me a little bit more skeptical than I would have been entering the week. Panthers wide receivers Devin Funchen, due to a back injury, remained sidelined at Wednesday's practice. Curtis Samuel, nursing a hamstring, did join him on the sidelines. Yeah, and so DJ Moore has got to be shooting up rankings for Week 13. He already should have been high with back-to-back blow-up weeks and now facing Tampa Bay, giving up over 30 points a game with one of the worst secondaries I think this league has ever seen. Uh, DJ Moore could be the clear-cut target hog for this offense. Uh, And Samuel is one of my favorite kind of stash waiver wire. We're going to talk about Hail Marys later. He was the guy I had just penned in as my lock for a Hail Mary. had 18 points against the Bucks the last time he was out there. had six touchdowns and eight games played so he's been a huge play threat i'd love to see him get some practices in and get get out there because he would be a great option to use if he does indeed get there it seems like funches now what three straight games he's sidelined i don't think he's going to be out there my guess if i'm, I'm predicting the future dj moore is still going to be that clear-cut number one guy samuel plays and gives you a useful day both guys should probably be in lineups this week 13 uh and, and more you have to have in at this point just a, a lock for a big game against the bucks carry on johnson remain sidelined for Wednesday's practice. He's got a knee issue. This is a guy that, you know, I even wrote a rare stock watch about this guy a few weeks ago about how it was time. This is the carry-on Johnson workhorse era for the Lions. I mean, there have been a bunch of speed bumps along the way here. I know. It seems like he's due to miss another game, which makes LeGarrette Blunt, who was only 13% owned entering the week, that number has gone up to almost 40%. 
after waiver wires have just cleared. He's fresh off of the 19 carry, 88 yard, two TD day, and looked like that blunt of old with the Patriots where he just rumbled. And that was against the Bears, the stingiest run defense in the league. So the matchup on paper isn't great against the the Rams. If they get up big early, he's going to get game flowed out. But he has definitely a shot at an early game TD against this team. Uh, the way he rumbled last week, he's a guy that needs those carries to get rolling and wear down the defense. And if they can somehow keep it close, which I don't expect, Blunt would have a big day. But I just think you're, you're looking at a Hail Mary TD throw if you go with Blunt. Uh, Theo Riddick, definitely the preferred play in my opinion because I expect the Lions to get down big playing catch-up mode with Riddick. Dink, dink, dink. That's the more likely game flow in my opinion with on Johnson sideline. All right, let's hit a couple rapid fires, then we're going to move on to higher, lower, and Hail Marys. Traycon Smith, due to a foot injury, was removed from the Week 13 injury report. He will play against the Cowboys on Thursday night, so out of the woods for Traquan Smith. Absolutely. The the Cowboys have been fairly stingy against wide receivers and just in general on defense, one of the better defenses in the league. And Smith has really only blown up twice. Both those games came at the Superdome, but he's also playing on turf here. It's also that dome-like stadium, so maybe that's what he needs to have, that true speed burning down the field. And remember the last time he was out there, 13 targets from Drew Brees, 10 catches, just a monster effort. A lot of those trust, you know, climbing the ladder, making the contested catch stop throws, which told you he might have turned the page with Drew Brees and really gotten on the same trust level. And that's huge, obviously, when you got a quarterback of Brees' caliber. So if Smith's out there, I think he's got to be in most lineups, even with a tougher matchup, even on the road for Brees. I would be definitely looking to start Traquan Smith now that he's fully healthy. Evan Ingram with a hamstring not practicing Wednesday. He's been hurt a bunch this year, huh? Yeah, useless. What a piece of shit. Bust of the year. We were hauling on him, uh, and he just kind of sucked a big dick, so... Just move on on that. All right. Rare defensive uh, mention, Jalen Ramsey. He of the talking so much shit all year to everybody uh, due to a knee injury, did not practice Wednesday also. Do we care about this? I mean, they're playing against the Colts. I mean, Colts are banged up. Ramsey not in might help negate some of that. Absolutely, and Andrew Luck on that streak right now, three-plus TDs going for the Tom Brady record here. I think they keep chasing that, and they at least throw another three TDs, which is only more likely with Jalen Ramsey out there. Definitely helps T.Y. Hilton if he's uh, fully ready to go, which I do expect. Uh, The top corner of a defense that's already crumbling being removed just means more and more upside for the Colts offense this week. Would love to have uh, those pieces for sure. All right, we're going to go right into higher, lower, and Hail Mary. Of course, we're going to start with quarterback. Higher for you, and this makes me happy because this is my hometown league guy. Phillip Rivers playing at Mm. Pittsburgh. You got him as your QB6. That's six higher than the experts. Hard for me to believe they could actually have him 12th. You know, I could see him on the road uh, maybe not being as high as six, although I'd have to see the list. 12 seems pretty low to me. Absolutely. They just lost Melvin Gordon, which means they're going to need to depend on Rivers more than ever. It's a potential Sunday night football shootout when you got Big Ben at home and he's already averaging the second most passing yards in the league. So I imagine Big Ben's going to do his damage, which means Phillip Rivers is going to have to keep doing his. The Chargers have really, the only games that Rivers hasn't been an absolute stud are the games where they get up so big early that they don't have to keep chucking it. And even in those games, he's thrown two plus TDs every single time. So the floor is incredibly high. He's got 20 fancy points in seven of his 11 games well over 60 percent there's just tons of upside for this passing attack this week i love rivers in a shootout style game where he's going to need they're going to need his arm more than ever they're still clawing their way into the playoffs so i I definitely would love to roll rivers i don't get how he's the quarterback 12 in the eci rankings makes no sense to me and you did that efficiently so i'm gonna let you sneak in another one that you're higher on and that's matt ryan against baltimore qb9 that's eight spots higher than the experts hard to believe he's 17th on any ranking even as shitty as the falcons have been at times I know, because even as shitty as they've been, that's resulted in great game flow for him to play catch-up, rack up garbage time stats. He's been bombing teams like 370 yards in almost every contest, it seems, for Matt Ryan. And Baltimore, they obviously have this terrifying reputation. We can't start guys against Baltimore, but they haven't been anything special. they got their top corners, Jimmy Smith. It's not like 2003 or something. No, not at all. They just (laughs) carry this reputation that hasn't necessarily been warranted this year. Jimmy Smith and Tavon Young, their corners are both uh, not practicing 
practicing today. Eric Weddle also didn't practice. So the secondary's dinged up. Uh, and they, they've, out of their last four games, they shut down Derek Carr last week. That's real hard to do. It's mm, the fucking yeah. Raiders. Yeah, Derek really Carr. great feat. But otherwise, Dalton got 19. Big Ben got 25. Cam Newton got 27. And their last, uh, those three straight contests, this offense is just always going to churn and always going to sling with Matt Ryan and such a pathetic defense behind him. You got to love Matt Ryan as a top 10 quarterback every single week outside of the top 15 in the experts. Come on. That's a joke. Russell Wilson's a guy you were quite a bit lower on than the experts. Uh, you got him as your QB 15. That's eight spots lower than the experts who have him at seven. He's playing San Francisco this week. Yeah, and I almost use like a reverse psychology style of ranking. I don't know if that makes any sense, but when the matchup sure. is good for Russell Wilson, I actually like him a lot less. Whereas, you know, last week I was higher on him. He had Carolina shootout style game, a better overall team. That's when I love Russell Wilson. You get comeback Russ where they don't take the air out of the ball and they just keep slinging it. Uh, that's what I love Russell Wilson. But this week, facing San Fran, I can't expect San Fran to give them any type of contest, especially when this game's being played in Seattle. So in those style games, San. Uh, uh, Seattle's already the run heaviest team, but when they get up big, they really just bleed clock, bleed clock, bleed clock. This is going to be a Chris Carson day. I absolutely love Carson. I'm higher on him. And as I could see Russell Wilson throwing a couple scores early, he's got multiple scores in every game, but one this season. So I expect that to happen, but I think he's going to be, you know, 200 or under maybe a little bit of rushing yards too, but I'm just not nearly, you know, every, he could go ballistic. I mean, maybe it's one of those games where he just chucks five. He only attempts six, you know, 15 passes, but five of them go for TD. He's, he's always capable of that. But in my opinion, he's going to have a couple early scores, and it's just going to be bleeding the clock all day. He's going to have a nice serviceable 16 fancy point day, but not up at the QB7 style where you're expecting 22 to 25 points. That's not Russell Wilson this week, in my opinion. we got a fun and unexpected Hail Mary coming at us. Yeah. Josh Allen at Miami. What? I know, but he's got two <laughs> huge fantasy days this year, 26 and 27 fantasy points, otherwise completely useless, uh, a nobody. But those two huge games have come when he's rushed for 100-plus yards, and that's where Miami is susceptible. They're good against quarterbacks, surrounding only the eighth-most points to them, but they give up the fourth-most rushing yards in the league and the third-most points to runners. I can see Adams, I mean uh, Allen easily going for 100 and a score again, just like he did last week, and hitting that 20-point threshold at only 4% owned. I mean, hopefully. Hopefully you're not so desperate that you have to start Josh Allen, but maybe DraftKings. And if you are completely desperate and just want to Hail Mary with some upside, I think he's got some sneaky ones, especially with Robert Foster to this receiver emerging. Uh, a good field stretcher at 4-4 speed, 6-2. He's made huge plays the last couple of weeks, and now he's gotten the opportunity. Him and Allen have something cooking, and I think another big week for Josh Allen. I mean, just as an aside real quick before we get to running backs, don't you find it? Amazing that the Bills have won four football games this season. They are so I mean, bad. The year's not even over. There's there's four more games to play. They, I mean, they're not going to be. They could go eight and eight. Is they, they won't. But no, they won't. St- but they could go like six and ten. They could go. You know, five and eleven. It's not like you thought they'd go five and eleven. I sure didn't. No, I thought. I mean, I still think they might be the worst team in the league on paper. But they're playing some spirited ball, and they're they're. Pulling wins out of their asses. So, you know, they can win any given week, which is crazy to me to say about the Bills. But they're one of those teams that, like, when they're rolling, they're tough to stop, it seems like. They're the Vikings, they put and up that's 40. just so ridiculous to say, but it's not like you're wrong. I know. Uh, it's, they got that suffocating pass defense, the best in the league right now, which plays in the favor of if the offense ever gets a pulse, they're going to be a dangerous team. So if they add some talent and weaponry these next couple of years and Josh Allen takes the next step, I can see the Bills being pretty competitive in a year or two. All right. James White at running back is a guy you're higher on. They're playing Minnesota. On paper, it's not supposed to be a great running back matchup. Minnesota with a a decent run defense. You got White as your running back 18, which is nine spots higher than the experts. What do you think? Think it's because well, he's a pass catching guy. You think that's exactly? It's not it? even really. You can't treat White as a, a running back. So when you see that the the Vikings allowed the twenty eighth most points to running backs, so the fourth fewest. Right. You don't apply that to White. He's he lines up in the slot. He moves all over. He's not a traditional running back. He's not the one going up to the gut to these uh, you know these tough linebackers, this tough front seven. That's more Sony Michelle, and that makes me nervous for Sony this week. But I think White, a potential shootout style, playoff style game with a lot of implications still for both teams. I think White gets. The bubble wrap taken off of him. He's had a, a couple duds here, 5.1, 8.3, pathetic outputs, but he was a monster. I mean, I think everybody— He was like the RB5. 
he was ridiculous. And uh, everybody is always so quick to jump off the James White train. And I think this is a week you can jump back on 25, 20, 25, 18, 27. Those were his last five games before these couple duds. Let's not forget those. I think he gets back at least until the, you know, the 18 point range this week. Those scoring routes. I think he definitely finds the end zone on a pass and receiving hall uh, against this team as he's going to be a necessary cog against this Vikings team that get aggressive against the pass. Brady's going to need that safety valve a lot this week. I think he catches at least seven to eight balls, finds the end zone because they've given up some big receiving games to backs. I think White has one this week too. Adrian Peterson in midseason to playoff stretch form when it comes to beating his kids. But unfortunately, (laughs) when it comes to running the football, he's fading fast. You got him as your RB30. That's six spots below the experts. It's not like either of you like him that much. No, and I keep – he's going to be the locked in every week, fade, fade, fade. Uh, the, if he's a 24th ranked running back by the experts, that's them saying he should be in lineups as your running back too. That's 20, you know, 24, two running backs, 24 guys. So you're, you're expecting to start Peterson, and I'm saying he's got to be on your bench unless you're real desperate. He's under 70 total yards in four straight weeks. He's only hit double digits once because he found the end zone one time in that span. And he averages – I've said this stat on this time before on this pod before, and I'll say it again, less than 12 touches – in less than 50 yards in games when they're trailing. And I'm going to keep reminding you of that because Colt McCoy, who actually, next time you watch a football game, Nat and everybody listening, think of the guy from Superbad that was like, he hit Jonah Hill in the car and comes out and he's like, I'll take you to a party. My license is suspended. That guy looks exactly like Colt McCoy when he's got his football helmet on. So try to look at the chubby cheeks and everything. Regardless, this guy from Superbad has been horrible under center for for the Washington Redskins. They're going to be constantly trailing, which is never good for AP. Uh, So I think it's another pathetic single-digit TD-less output coming here for AP. All right, let's talk Hail Mary. And I already knew I see it on the sheet, of course, but I had a feeling you were going to go with this guy. Due to the banged-up Ravens backfield, we said uh, Edwards out, Collins maybe out. Who's going to be the last man standing? Of course, that's going to be Ty Montgomery if all this stuff comes to fruition. He's 9% owned right now. Definitely seems like taking a stab. Like we said, the Ravens have favorable matchups uh, coming out of the backfield really for the rest of the season. If this is the guy, especially if he's the only guy, uh, you know, not bad odds that he could put up some decent points. And even if it was shared, it wouldn't be a horrible situation to use this guy. Last week, 28 snaps, a season high, 11 touches, which wasn't bad. He really seemed to take over that Buck Allen pass-catching role, and he did well in it. And so even if Edwards is out there, this is an Atlanta team who we've said many, many times just bleed receptions to running backs, bleed them, like 15, 20. You know, we've seen ridiculous games. Yes, that was McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara, but ever since Dan Quinn took over, this has been a three-year trend. It must be something of his defensive philosophy they've just given up the most running back receptions for three straight years and montgomery obviously that's where he thrives as a converted receiver so i can see him even if gus edwards is playing and especially if the game flow isn't favorable and atlanta gets up big early i can see montgomery having a huge role this week catching you know six to eight balls regardless of whether edwards or not plays and if obviously they don't play his ceiling is through the roof so as a desperation flex at nine percent owned i really think ty mont could come through for you if you really need something like that all right Wide and receivers. those huge biceps right you know yeah, oh, any, the, any excuse the to guns, talk about the biceps come on the guns. the guns are all ask andrew erickson what he thinks about the guns he'll tell you what's <laughs> up i'll tell you what's up shout out to andrew erickson uh wide receivers josh reynolds higher against detroit uh, you got him as your 25 that's five spots higher than the experts more so than your discrepancy with the experts though the fact that josh reynolds has crawled his way up from just being completely insignificant like a guy that you were calling out six weeks ago or something. You're like, hey, you might want to look at this guy. You never know. And he could creep up. And now, like, you got him in your top 25. And the experts have him in their top 30. He's a legit fantasy player all of a sudden. I know. Hopefully you've been listening all season. We talk about paving that path. We told you to stash this guy in case anything happens to their top three receivers because anybody that has a significant role in this Rams offense is going to have significant fantasy value week in and week out. And Josh Reynolds is maybe their best red zone weapon. McVay has always raved, even since last year, about his wide catch radius, his extreme body control for a guy of his size, 6'4", wiry frame, and knows how to use it. And we've seen those red zone skills uh, really put to the test 
with Cup out. He's got three touchdowns in his last two games without Cooper Cup. He's averaging 61 yards and a, a touchdown and a half over those last two games, 17 and a half and 17 fantasy points in both of those contests. This guy has been a beast, and that's perfect because Detroit is crumbling in the secondary. Darius Slay's banged up, hasn't been himself. They've given up eight touchdowns to wide receivers in their last five games. So you're giving me a red zone threat in one of the most explosive offenses of the league that's going to be visiting the red zone all day against this bad defense. I think he's a great bet to find pay dirt and at least 60 or so yards. He's a he's a must play, in my opinion. Our boy Seamus just got him on the waiver. I was berating him for letting Reynolds sit out there last week, and he was the last waiver wire priority. I don't know what Seamus's league yeah. was doing because he is still able to I'll snag I'll tell him you this what Seamus's league is doing. They're getting bent over a barrel by Seamus again. Seamus keeps banking that dude, away, baby. That We're dude that. just owns whoever else is in that league. I love it. I and I too. think Reynolds, Reynolds is going to be a big part to his stretch run success, and it's going to start this week against Detroit. Lower. Alshon Jeffrey, and you got two of these, so make these fast. Alshon Jeffrey against Washington, you got him as your 31. That's seven spots below the expert to him at 24. And Jarvis Landry, perennial punching bag, uh, mm. playing at Houston, you got him as uh, your 35. The experts have him at 28. Yeah, and Alshon, I mean, both of these guys, we've kind of hit on on the Monday stock watches. So just to reiterate these stats, Alshon's been disappearing completely since Golden Tate was acquired. Not that Golden Tate's been lighting it up or anything, but just the, the target distribution has no longer been a, a true target hog number one. It's been an afterthought. He's gotten to 48 yards in his last four straight under seven fancy points over that span in every single game, too. It's just been pathetic. Washington is a good matchup. We saw Cooper Cup just destroy them. Uh, but you can't trust this guy with all these disappearances appearing acts of late could get shadowed by Norman but it isn't as terrifying as it once was but still a tougher corner matchup in the league I'm just expecting a huge Ertz day the Alshon Jeffrey you know it was a great run he had a couple 20 point blowups an 18 point blow up but it's just too unpredictable the way Wentz is playing he looks a little unhealthy he seems like he's regressed a bit with his health Ah, I, I can't trust Alshon Jeffrey and Jarvis Landry under Freddie Kitchen. He's only seen 17 targets. The volume was once there. That was the one thing you could depend upon with Jarvis Landry. But now seeing less than six looks a game and Freddie Kitchen yeah, for like under no 50, yards for no yards. He's been under 50 yards for three straight and in six of eight Baker games. He's been under 50 yards. So there's nothing to like here. And he had he couldn't do it against Cincinnati, who's given up the most points to fantasy receivers. Why would he get it done against Houston, who's giving up the six fewest? Just doesn't seem like Landry's going to find his pulse this year, at least while Freddie Kitchens is running the, the show. And this offense has been exploding in the meantime. So it's not like they're missing out on Jarvis Landry. So I think the Browns continue to do what they're going to do, and it doesn't involve Jarvis Landry, unfortunately. That sucks. I think I'm stuck with him in my lineup, too. I don't think I got uh, anything. We can find you better. Come on. I got David Moore. I mean, I don't know. Oh, man. Right. I mean, it's like, you don't, like, don't feel great about that, do you? You don't like, feel great about that. I don't feel great, but I might play him over Landry at this point. I don't know. Maybe. It, well, we'll, we'll talk about there, it because right? I need to win this game in my hometown. So, obviously, I'm going to be coming to you for, and consulting before it starts. If the Hail Mary you're about to read off, I actually have ranked higher than Landry. If I this have guy- picked him. I own him in my hometown league. So no, there wait, you go. Curtis maybe, Samuel. Maybe this I'm sorry. I thought that was the Pittsburgh guy, Samuel. No, I picked up Jalen Samuel. Uh, right, yeah, Curtis, that's a good stash, but not, not someone you can Curtis use Samuel, yet. your Hail Mary, only 14% owned. He's gone double digits and scored at least one touchdown in three of his last four, thanks to a lot of scoring coming from his offense. Yeah, and I think this is a, another week where they blow up against Tampa Bay. How many times can we reiterate Tampa Bay secondary is historically bad. They give up thirty over 30 points a game. He had 18 points his last time against Tampa Bay, and the guys used very creatively out of the backfield, moved to the slot, lots of screens, lots of run after the catch abilities, which is what Curtis Samuel made his money on at OSU, and he's looking very explosive. Six TDs in eight games. He definitely finds Pater. If he's out there, you just got to track that hamstring injury. I would definitely play this guy over Jarvis Landry this week. So check if he's out there and add him and get him in your lineup if so. All right. Let's go tight ends. Kyle mm-hmm. Rudolph. I mean, it's a you even start your description by saying it's a disgusting position. This is disgusting to go with Rudolph. I mean, you got him as your 11, the experts have him at 14. Not a big discrepancy. Why do you like Rudolph to be slightly above average this week? 
I know the Patriots have given up the fifth most fantasy points to tight ends. They obviously, Belichick is known for doing everything he can to stop a team's top two targets. And here it's clearly Diggs and Thielen running the show. So you know the Patriots are going to put all their defensive attention at shutting those guys down, which I think is going to let Rudolph kind of rumble down the seams in a lot of dink and dunks. I can see him having one of those classic eight-catch, 100-yard Rudolph days that we haven't seen this year. But he's fresh off, you know, finally finding a pulse again last week with the second most yards since Week two against the Packers, he uh, found the end zone. He hasn't found the end zone since week three, but I think against the Patriots, again, giving up a lot of touchdowns and a lot of yards to tight ends, this might be that one week he can finally use Rudolph. It's still disgusting, but it's just such a disgusting it's, position. It's so, disgusting. It's disgusting. It is. All right, Trey Burton, a guy you're lower on. I mean, geez, talk about a guy that disappeared as soon as I traded Amari Cooper for him. Uh, playing the Giants, he's the tight end 17 on the Wolves' rankings. Uh, the experts have him at 11. I don't even think he's worth talking about, but go on, fill a little bit of airtime. In case you haven't seen it, he's been under 40 yards in five straight games, just one touchdown in that span, so no double-digit fantasy performances in five games, less than four targets in all but one of those games. In the game, he saw seven targets. He had 28 yards. Fucking pathetic. He's doing nothing with any usage he sees, and now we got Adam Shaheen back in the lineup, which could mean no more red zone usage for him. And, I mean, yeah, the Giants have gotten bludgeoned by tight ends lately, giving up 78 or more yards, but that was to Kittle and O.J. Howard and Ertz. I mean, those are three of the top five guys this year at tight end so i'm not putting much stock in the fact that the giants have struggled lately this is trey burton who has just absolutely struck i absolutely sucked i i have no faith in him you can't really roll him out at this point i'd rather roll it the hail mary we're about to talk about all right hail mary household name matt lacoste that's mm. matt lacoste he's playing at cincinnati and he is the tight end 16 right now sell me on matt lacoste lacoste wolf well, he's fresh off his first career touchdown, and that doesn't surprise anybody because this is Matt Lacoste, a complete nobody. Sure. But Jeff Hireman is now out of the lineup for the Broncos. He hit the IR with, a, I think, a broken rib. So he's on the DL. Uh, and the Bengals, I mean, the Bengals, what more do you need to say? They get destroyed by every position, but including the tight end, second most TDs, second most fantasy points to tight ends on the year. Very friendly rest of the season schedule coming for Lacoste as well as the lone tight end target there. I mean, we know Keenum historically with Kyle Rudolph he likes to target those dink dunk throws over the seams and Lacoste saw some decent usage and did some damage with it so uh, after watching Njoku and Fels both go for scores against Cincinnati last week I can definitely see Matt Lacoste finding his way to the end zone maybe catching five balls in the process I think a very useful play this week at only eight percent owned all right we're gonna hit a jam-packed mailbag like you said there's a lot in it so we're gonna try to hit them as fast as we can so if you submitted a question or if you're just curious to know what questions other people are asking here we go this is from rob zaleski tough start sit decision week for me i got reynolds as my wide receiver three or sutton or Traquan. also considering david noku as a flex against a houston defense he's got braid at tight end right now that's second worst against the tight end or should i use one of the above and then there's a, an a emoji of grimacing like yeah he, he's, he's, <laughs> he's not happy with what's going on here I, I would certainly use Reynolds, by the way, as wide receiver three over Sutton or, over Sutton or Traquan. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't know. What do you think about Noku at Flex, man? He's, a, he's been hit or miss. He's been so hit or miss. So, they, yeah, and Reynolds is the lock for me, We all the reasons we gave earlier in the show. I think, to me, Traquan is the guy I would play over Njoku. They're both boom yeah, or bust. Me too. But Traquan's boom has a lot more ceiling to it than yep. Njoku's does. So I, if I'm siding with two of them, even though the matchup is good for Njoku, I would roll Reynolds and Traquan of these two. Agreed. Andrew Barry hitting us from his IG account. Demarius Thomas, Golden Tater, Josh Reynolds. Also, Philip Lindsay or Sony Michelle? Can't ever put out Tate at this point. Demarius no, Thomas, yeah, he got zero, he got man. yeah nothing. Uh, Thomas, yes, he had two touchdowns, but still, it's the vegan. Yeah, I'm never I think, playing the I think vegan. he had. I want to say either three or four catches in his entire like in in the two games he had been with Houston leading up to that two touchdown day. So I don't think you should get too excited about this. No, and there's only five targets on that game too. So yeah, it's great that they came in the red zone and they converted, but I don't know the low volume, the vegan ass. I, I don't like Demarius Thomas and I love Reynolds for, again, all the reasons we've said the touchdown upside is huge with cup out of the lineup. And then Lindsay or Michelle, the matchup is just so much riper for Philip Lindsay. Who's been absolutely rumbling and gets since who gives up the most rushing yards on the ground. You can't have him out of your lineup this week. It's too juicy. It's too juicy. 
he's in my top 10 running backs for sure. Whereas Michelle gets the, the tougher Vikings defense. So you got to go Lindsay in this one. You'd love to put Michelle in your lineup though. If you have a flex spot, I mean, you know, you hate, yeah. to, you hate to sit the guy, but I mean, yeah, I agree with you. I'd go Lindsay over him. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we got, uh, and Keith Arun, 99 from Instagram. AJ Green versus Corey Davis versus Gus the Bus. I mean, two of those guys might not be playing. Right. So give me the bus. Uh, even if, I mean, maybe he's not playing, but if he's playing, I'm even riding Even with the a bus. flat tire, we're going with the even bus. Even with a flat tire, the bus is steamrolling. He's got two straight 100 yard games. And as long as he's out there, I think he goes for his third. If Collins is playing, then it gets a little more complicated. So we'll have to revisit that one, especially as we track the news on AJ Green. Is he fully out there? Is he going to be a scarecrow? If not, maybe Green pushes. But for now, I'm going to ride Gus the bus. Stephen G wants to know if Marlon Mack is out, would you start Naeem Hines or Carlos Hines? Hyde. Oh, that's pretty disgusting, but give me the upside of a TD from Hyde early on. There you go. It is disgusting, though. Uh, Steven also wants to know Tevin Coleman versus Cameron Brait versus Josh Reynolds. Reynolds showing up in a lot of these. I know. This is a tricky one because Coleman seems like the obvious one is like the main guy. He seems obvious. Front runner, but I don't know. I like Reynolds more, though. I think Reynolds outscores Coleman. Uh, Coleman, without a last-ditch TD effort last week, would have been like a three-point fantasy guy. And he's kind of become that. He's touched down or or bust, it seems, these last few weeks. That running game has not been very impressive, whereas Josh Reynolds has impressed me every single time I watch the guy play. I would roll Reynolds in that great matchup. Justin says, what quarterback do I start this? week in yahoo i need a win very bad with the playoffs on the horizon pat mahomes or philip rivers and then in parentheses l o l o l o l o l and that's what i added that was not him <laughs> how do you even have this fucking question repeat after me justin i will not ever bench pat mahomes i will not ever bench pat mahomes i will not ever bench pat mahomes i don't care if the game script favors rivers in a shootout and they might blow out the. they're going to blow out the raiders and they're going to have five fucking touchdowns from pat mahomes in the process you never bench pat mahomes and you especially don't bench him against the awful fucking raiders you play pat mahomes he's the locked in qb1 every single week he's a godsend from the fantasy gods themselves and they will piss all over you if you ever bench Mahomes. i mean don't ever ask such a stupid question i love rivers he has carried me this year but i just you can't have pat mahomes and then not play him on kind of like even if you think it's a coin flip which it's not i mean it still favors mahomes even if it's only slightly you can't then bench the guy in week 13 i mean you talk about pissing off the fantasy gods I think and, even asking the question is going to piss off the yeah, gods. What, what are, you are you thinking? Come on, man. By the way, thanks Stupid. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sending in your questions. <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming in. Stupid <laughs> fucking you, question. dumb son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. All right. Dylan Gonzalez at Rotor Street Wolf says, hey, do you want to start your boy Humphreys over A.J. Green this week? I mean, he's my boy. It's the hump, man. But AJ, ah, that's fucking tough, right? There's so many question marks with Green. He's playing with Driscoll. Is he fully healthy? Is he a scarecrow? This is one I hate to say it like now, wait and see. But you do need a little more info on AJ Green. Is he full go? Does he look fully healthy in the pregame warmups? Or is this a decoy situation? Because my boy Humphreys has been rolling. He dominated Carolina for 24 fantasy points the last time they met up. And they are very susceptible to slot receivers, as we discussed on the show last week which led to Tyler Lockett just exploding. Uh, I, I kind of like my boy Humphreys here, unless we know A.J. Green is 100%. But even then, he's got AJ, he's got Jeff Driscoll thrown to him. So most likely, I'm going to lean Humphreys here. Jimbo Slice, kind of the Eagles of this year's Roto Street Journal League. Yeah. Pick two, full PPR, Calvin Ridley, Josh Gordon, David Moore, Curtis Samuel. Give me two of them, Wolf. Maybe this is why he's a fucking <laughs> whipping post as he's asking these type of questions. I, I mean, you got to lock in Josh Gordon, especially with uh, Xavier Rhodes. He's expected to play, but he's got a hamstring injury. Maybe it flares up and he's out of there. Either way, it's going to be a shootout style game. I can't wait for that one. And I think Gordon finds pay dirt here. And then it gets tricky. I, I was hoping that said DJ Moore, but it's David Moore. Otherwise, it'd be as easy as it gets. Oh, man. I, I guess I go Ridley off his second best game of the year. But he's been so boomer bust. I almost want to say Curtis Samuel in that juicy matchup against Tampa Bay. And David Moore's been blowing up. Fuck. This is it's Josh Gordon's the easy one for me. After that, uh, gut call, it's Curtis Samuel. I, I might go Ridley, but I don't know. I, I, that, that's that's tough. hard. They're all that's tough. tough. All right, Mike Kelleher. He needs three, but this is stupid that he's included some of these guys in this. Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, James White, Lamar Miller. Well, why don't you just say you need two and or one 
since obviously we're going to say start Kamara. Right. Uh, you know, James White, I would say you're definitely starting too. To me, it comes down to Ingram and Miller, right? It does. And then when you look at this, I think I have Ingram a spot higher in my rankings, but then you have Kamara and Ingram, and I don't love starting both of them unless it's like as juicy as it gets, and it's not as juicy as it gets this week. So to me, it's it's White, it's Kamara, and then Miller, who's clearly rumbling, had that 97-yard touchdown. He's still got that long speed. We don't see it often from Vanilla, but he showed us a little bit of flavors, add some sprinkles to the ice cream this week, and he gets Cleveland, who's been bludgeoned multiple times. I think I, I was looking it up, and I think four Four or five different running backs have had 30-point days against Cleveland. They're giving up the six most points on the ground to running backs. I think Miller's in line for another healthy workload and another big day against that pathetic run defense of Cleveland. So give me White, Miller, and Kamara there. Lamar Miller, by the way, the only player in NFL history with multiple 97-yard touchdown rushes in his career. Just really? thought, Just thought I would... And we keep calling this guy vanilla. Maybe we got to change. And I was the whole time he was doing it. I was sitting there, and he'd had like a couple big runs before that too. And I was like, man, he doesn't look like a plotter at all. But we just we've branded this guy. And then he had a bunch of he had like a thirty yarder called back on a penalty later. I mean, he looked really good. All right. uh, Also, need one. Josh Reynolds, Traquan Smith, Jared Cook. I'm assuming we're going with Reynolds here. Yep. Easy, easy money. Go Reynolds. All right. George Kittle or Cameron Brake, Week 13 standard scoring again. Stop with the standard scoring. This is from Michael Evans, by the way. Michael, what are you doing? Yeah, JV bullshit. But to me, especially with standard, that favors the touchdowns. And I think Brait has a lot better chance to score against Carolina, giving the most fantasy points to wide receivers. Is it crazy I would ever recommend Brait over Kittle? Over who's Kittle, been so who's like tight end three dominant. or something. Yeah. He's been dominating week in and week out. But we saw Mullen start to crumble last week. Uh, I, I'm going to go Brait. I am. And it sounds psycho, but I'm going to go Brait here. Mike, Michael Evans, after giving us a standard scoring question, <laughs> then comes back with the even less used kicker question. Harrison oh, Butker or Matt Bryant. Week 13, Wolf. Right in your wheelhouse. I'm going to go Butker. I mean, you know they're going to be putting up point after point. Bryant comes up with some upside because it's Atlanta against Baltimore, and they're going to have that chance to stall out more likely. But it, the the Chiefs are going to be just camping out in Oakland territory all day. So the only risk there is they just score touchdowns on every single possession, and all you get is you know six extra points. But Bryant, we've seen get kind of shut out. The Rams, he only had five. I, I like Butker. It's just so safe that they're going to be just living in Oakland's territory the entire game. Michael Evans keeping us on our toes. Chad yeah. Likens Jr., comma the third. One of my Ooh, favorite names what ever. A title. Yeah. Chad Likens Jr. the third. What do you, what do you like more? But before we go into his question, sit start. Chad Likens Jr. or Richie Dunkelberger? <laughs> What's the better name? Well, it's, it's it's but it's not Chad Likens Jr. It's Chad Likens Jr. the third. Right. Exactly. I've never. The third's I, the big I, part. I, but Jr. the third. Yeah. Like I mean, it? like that means like he's the third guy in a row named Junior. What a great moniker that is. Uh, I still probably <laughs> like Dunkelberger more. Um, Ingram, Riddick, or Fitzgerald, PPR. Ingram. Ingram for me. Not to be outdone, Antonio Mendoza the third with a question for Rotor Street Wolf. Would you drop <laughs> Prescott and pick up Lamar Jackson? I have Andrew Luck as my starter. Uh, to me, they both have really high ceilings. Prescott and Jackson, we just saw Prescott put up 27 with a, the third easiest, I believe, playoff schedule among quarterbacks. So give me the guy with the floor and the ceiling, and that's Prescott, in my opinion. Even though both have blow-up ceilings, Prescott, to me, is the locked-in starter, whereas Jackson might right. lose that I mean, job. Prescott is not losing a job unless he gets hurt, and Jackson, it's conceivable. I mean, imagine they make a little bit of a playoff push. I mean, who knows? Um, right. Alonzo, exactly. Rotor Street Wolf, wants to know, Reynolds or Baldwin, half PPR, are we going Reynolds? again we're going Reynolds again Baldwin just looks banged up and he's maybe the second or third option with Lockett playing so well at this point fantasy football whiz wants to know since Melvin Gordon is out I need a win this week to ensure I make the playoffs half point PPR here's my options Sony Michelle Gus Edwards Josh Adams he doesn't really tell us how many he needs so I'll just rank them it's Gus the bus as long as he's healthy of course you track that ankle and make sure he's playing after him it would be Sony and then it's Josh Adams and I like all three options good options to have but again I go Gus Sony and Josh All right, Hernan G he needs three of these so he needs to sit one of these guys in half point PPR Gus the bus Lamar Miller Matt Breda and DJ Moore who you sitting Wolf oh man this one's tough oh because you know, DJ Moore most weeks would have been the obvious call, but fresh off of two blowups and now getting Tampa Bay. And then and Miller, just said, and Miller just blew up. Otherwise, I, I would know. have been like, yeah, it's Sit Miller, whatever. 
I guess I, I know. I know. Fuck. I, uh, I think I'm sitting Brita out of this bunch, mm. even though he's rumbling and he's kind of the, the clear cut, no questions asked guy there. He always has that vagina flare up every now and again and kind of over dramatizes his ankles. And I don't know. As long as all three of them are healthy and playing, I think I sit Brita. All right, Tori wants to know, Philip Lindsay, Tevin Coleman, or Sony Michelle, who to start in a non-PPR league? I'm assuming we're definitely going Lindsay here, right? Lindsay's the clear-cut guy, in my opinion. PPR there, yep. or otherwise, I agree. Tight end race, Eric Ebron or George Kittle? I'm going Ebron. Without Doyle in the lineup, averages 10 targets, whereas he gets 3.3 per game without him, uh, with uh, with Doyle in the lineup. So it's a no-brainer to me. As long as Doyle's sitting, it's Eric Ebron's show. He's my third-ranked tight end of the week. Three guys, three uh, guys with 11 receiving touchdowns this year. Can you name them? Tyreek Hill, Eric Ebron, and who is the third? Oh fuck! Uh, I mean, Ebron's the tough one, but obviously we're. Gonna, I, I knew he was up. Obviously, was like that's what I'm asking. Recently, I'm, is it? It's not Mike Thomas, is it? No, he doesn't have that many touchdowns. Who's the third? No, one? it's a guy you would never think, Antonio Brown. Oh, uh, does he have eleven touchdowns this year? Yeah. Oh shit! Wow, kind of snuck up on you, right? You wouldn't, you wouldn't have expected Antonio Brown right. to be Lack, up there, lackluster year from AB. Only eleven touchdowns by week. It's crazy. That guy's yeah, a monster. I mean, he's like the wide receiver four or something like that. Crazy. All right. Uh, last but not least, Ian Stanford, half PPR flex. Josh Gordon, Philip Lindsay, or Calvin Ridley. It's Philip Lindsay again for me. That matchup against Cincy is so juicy. I love all these sits that are asking me about Lindsay. They're making my job easy. He's going to blow up this week. I think so too, man. I really do. Yeah, Antonio Brown, by the way, his uh, his numbers only seven seventy one catches, eight hundred and seventy four yards, eleven TDs. Damn, a down year for the guy. Down what year a- for. I mean, it'll be around. It'll be a hundred <laughs> catches or so, twelve hundred yards. 14 touchdowns. 14, yeah, what a monster. Every single year. It doesn't get safer than him, does it? You can set your watch to it. Totally. Yeah. Oh, if, yeah. I know people don't wear watches, but if you did, you would be you setting set- it to Antonio Brown. <laughs> All right. You got any social media you want to pump up? As always, if you liked what you heard, hit that subscribe button so we're pulverizing your path. So uh, that title, we only got three more weeks. It's insane. We got to get to that title, folks. So subscribe. Let us know your thoughts, how we can be better, or what you like that we can keep doing for you. And then, of course, you can find me at Roto Street Wolf on Twitter and Snapchat, there to answer any and all questions. Make sure to follow us on Facebook. A lot of these questions I said, you know, you got to check back in for. You want to check back in? The perfect time is on Sunday. We do our fantasy tailgate show at 11 a.m eastern time on facebook make sure you're there love to answer every single question that comes in we've been getting a ton 60 or so questions a week Mm. which has been awesome and we want more and more so come on down to the fantasy tailgate enjoy some beers with us and and watch the best sit start show out there instagram is roto street journal as well and then roto st journal on twitter if that's your spot find us on all of them follow us on all of them and we're going to get you that title in 2018 baby all right my name is not the truth jones I'm the Wolf. Best of luck in do or die time. Week 13. Let's get it done, Wolf Pack. Good luck. Later. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, oh, oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. At least we stole the show. At least we stole the show. Least we stole the show. Least we stole the show. Straight ahead. Devlin. Second effort. Third effort. Touchdown. That's pretty awesome. That's old-fashioned football right there, folks.